Welcome back to the Wild Child Kitchen Gardening Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Johnson, and I am thrilled to be here with you for a little bit different of an episode. Usually, we are here talking about all things gardening, and today, don't worry, we're going to talk about the garden, but maybe not in the way that you think. I hope today you leave here thinking about things a little bit differently than you ever have before. I hope to blow your mind today. Let's dig in. According to a Harris poll, 71% of Americans are concerned about food shortages. 19 million Americans live in what is defined as a food desert, a densely populated and systemically underserved community that has no access to quality food. 19 million Americans. 76% of Americans indicate that they are seeing more empty shelves at the grocery store than at the beginning of the year. And 87% of Americans are particularly concerned about the rising cost of groceries and empty shelves that seemingly are becoming more and more common in the grocery stores. Not to mention whatever the next big thing is going to be that would potentially cause us to not be able to feed our families. So my question is, why is this all of a sudden such a huge concern? Why are 87% of Americans scared that they will not be able to get the food that they need to feed their families at the grocery store? That is so terrifying. Why are so many people feeling that? 87%. And if you dig in a little bit more into this poll, you will see that this number is most pertinent and that millennials find this to be most worrisome. So it's mostly young people who are concerned about these rising costs of food, food shortages, not being able to feed their families. So if you don't know what a millennial is, that is someone who was born between the eight, the years of 1989 and 1996. So they're around 25 to 40 years old. So I am not a millennial, and maybe you are or aren't, but this is a huge group of people. There are 72 million millennials in the United States, 72 million people who at least most of them are concerned that they will not be able to feed their families, that the grocery stores will not have the food they need, that the rising cost of groceries will make it impossible to feed their families. That is tragic. This is America. This is absolutely tragic. It's troubling and it gets worse. I'm going to read to you from an organization called the Social Policy Lab, they wrote an article in January of 2022 stating that the U.S. has now hit the worst levels of hunger in decades, with 54 million Americans having no reliable access to food. I want you to listen to this. Millions of Americans have no food. Millions of children go to bed hungry each night Countless families are stuck making trade-offs between buying groceries or paying rent. 
54 million people are food insecure, and 23 million live in food deserts. That means that one in six Americans struggle to eat daily. The country is now facing the worst levels of food insecurity since the USDA started measuring this. That was in 1995. The study goes on to say that food insecurity is caused by high food prices and food being too far away. And that is the case for millions of people who live in what we call a food desert. That means that a supermarket is at least a mile away from you if you live in a city or can be more than 10 miles away in a rural area. So if you have a car, probably not a big deal. But over 2 million Americans live in food deserts and don't have car or public transportation to get to a supermarket. I'm not kidding. This is in 2023 in America. You also hear so much about big, rapidly growing supermarket chains coming in and dominating a market, which will then put more affordable grocery stores out of business, leaving low-income families or people who live in these areas with less ability to purchase, and therefore essentially putting them in a food desert. Here's a great example that the Social Policy Lab gives. Jefferson County, Mississippi, the most food insecure county in America, one in three people there is food insecure. Jefferson County also has the lowest median income of any county in America, $20,000 a household. The 8,000 families that live here are caught in a vicious cycle of food inequality. They live miles from nearby groceries, and even when they can get to the supermarket, they can't afford healthier food options, so they just turn their car around, go to fast food chains that are cheaper or closer to home. Life expectancy in Jefferson County is five years lower than the national average. And the Social Policy Lab goes on to say that while food insecurity is dominant in the South, it perseveres in the Midwest and Southwest too. In Mitchell County, Iowa, um, the family that they are describing here say that they struggle with food insecurity every single day. Now, here's the thing. This mama says that if she goes to get groceries, then she works less time at her job, which means she has less money for food overall. So it's better for her to make sure her son has hot tater tots and she doesn't eat than for them all to have a meal. She even planted herself a vegetable garden in her Iowa backyard, but it doesn't produce enough for healthy living. So this is my question. First, thank you to the Social Policy Lab. I will link this entire article in the show notes. Excellent article if you have time to give it a read. Here is where the rubber meets the road for me. The question that comes to my mind is, how has everyone else, every other human civilization, Food on the table for their families since the beginning of time, thousands of years. And now, in today's most modern time, with the most conveniences, do we have 87% of 25 to 40-year-olds 
scared they are not going to be able to feed their families. I'm going to share with you today exactly how I think we've gotten here and what we can do about it. Because I can tell you, food deserts are not America's food crisis. But don't worry, I'm going to share with you today what I believe actually is and what we can do about it. This episode of the Wild Child Kitchen Gardening Podcast is brought to you by the Wild Child Garden Club, the online membership community for gardeners in Zone 9 who want to harvest 52 weeks a year and transform their garden into one that is easy to grow, that overproduces, and that is beautiful. In the Wild Child Garden Club, we grow gardeners. Learn more at releaseyourinnerwildchild.com. When we think about a food crisis, especially one in which so many people are being affected, millions and millions of people affected every single day by the food crisis in our country, it's very easy to see what is simply right in front of us. It's very easy to look at this crisis and only see the fact that People do not have transportation to get to a grocery store. Many families do not have the resources to purchase nutritious food. And we are not wrong to focus there. We are not wrong to want to help people and to provide a better way. But if we leave it there, we really miss so much. Again, I think back to how it is. That for so many generations and so many civilizations, this was not a problem. But now, in the most modern of times, with the most available conveniences, somehow we have found ourselves here. That is the real food crisis. The real food crisis is that we don't know where our food comes from as a society. I think it's important to take a look back to see sort of how this began. The first grocery store opened in 1916, just a little over a hundred years ago. It was a Piggly Wiggly in Memphis, Tennessee. Piggly Wiggly changed the market of grocery shopping because up until then, this pioneer type lifestyle was all that there was. So basically, you would take your list of very basic goods that you may need in order to prepare food for the family for the next week or month. Maybe it was flour, maybe it was sugar, and you would hand it to the clerk. She would then prepare it, package it up for you, and send you on your merry way. It was totally up to you to know what you needed And most of the time, it wasn't very much. And it wasn't very much because you were growing all of your vegetables. You were gathering and foraging all of your fruit. You baked your own bread. You had chickens in the yard. And you hunted for your meat. Or you had cows and pigs or your chickens. And so what you needed were just these basic goods that maybe you couldn't provide for for yourself. Sugar, flour, those types of things very different when Piggly Wiggly opened up. Let's just say Mrs. Olson's mercantile went right out the window. It was in this moment, Time Magazine says, consumers could make decisions 
as to what they wanted to buy. And that led companies to catch their attention. The magazine also wrote a little bit more about it saying, at Piggly Wiggly, on the other hand, the shoppers did their own choosing and the products had to do the tempting. And this is sort of when it all began. Forever before this, there were butchers where you went to get meat. There were bakers where you went to get bread. There were individual shops, and you probably remember that just as being a kid. When I was a kid, there was no Walmart. We went to the Ace hardware store when we needed nails or paint. I can remember my dad sending my mom for a specific bolt or a specific screw. She would carry it with her wrapped in a napkin inside of her purse, and we would go up to the local hardware store. When we went to Piggly Wiggly, we went for our very meager groceries, or maybe we would go to Kroger sometimes, or A&P. And when we needed meat, we went to Buster's. That was the butcher shop by my house. What I'm trying to say is even that wasn't really convenient. Could you imagine if you had to go to a whole host of different places for different things? If you need a hairdryer, you would have to go to the TG&Y. Or if you needed a dog food, you would have to go to the pet store. Things used to really, in our minds, not be convenient. But to us in that time, to our parents in that time, they were living the high life. Why? Because in their childhood, if they didn't grow it or kill it, they didn't eat it. Now fast forward from the first Piggly Wiggly, opening in 1916, and we're 100 years later, and we are afraid that we're not going to be able to provide food for our families. We are food insecure. The majority of people in our country may be a little bit worried at night about where their food is going to come from. That is from a poll done by Harris that I referenced earlier. What this tells me is that all this convenience is really not all it's cracked up to be as much as we really, really love it. The way I see it is that the problem is that the more convenient things become, the more distracted we become and the more easily amused we become. In America today, the real food crisis is that our parents and our parents' parents didn't teach us how to grow our own food. So even when we have the desire to grow our own food, even when we want to get out of the scarcity and the insecurity that is almost inevitable for so many of us, we still can't do it because we can't make our gardens grow. So even if we want to grow our own food, many of us find that to be impossible. Very, very challenging to say the least. The nurseries sell us dirt and call it soil. The big box stores sell us plants that would never grow here. And we set ourselves up and think that we have a black thumb and that we can't garden. When all the while, the real crisis here is that we don't know how to garden. America's real food crisis is that if the day came that we couldn't get our hands on grocery store food, a lot of us would starve. 
I vividly remember during the pandemic and the quarantine, if you asked people why they were so afraid, they would tell you study after study came out that they knew that their diet, that their exercise, that their habits were not going to be to their advantage in a very difficult sickness. So they were terrified in the same exact way because of the fact that we don't know how to grow our own food. We don't know how to be self-sufficient. We don't know how to sustain our own families. We are terrified. And when we're terrified, we do things that we normally wouldn't do. We rely on institutions and people that we normally wouldn't rely on because we're scared. America's real food crisis is that nobody has taught us how to grow our own food. Our parents, our parents' parents were so thrilled with the convenience of Piggly Wiggly, they stopped growing their own food the day it opened. And today, a hundred years later, we are standing in a food desert, hoping that some way, somehow, we're going to put food on the table. We are going to be the generation that turns that around. I believe that with everything in me. We are the generation of mamas that want to bring our own vegetables back to our supper tables. We want to pack our freezers with food that we grow. We want our gardens to overproduce for us. And we want to know that what we have in our backyard is going to sustain our families. When we know that with certainty, the fear, the worry, and the cause of concern goes away. And when that goes away, our ability to think clearly our ability to rationalize and reason comes back. Have you ever heard the quote, one generation plants the trees and another generation gets the shade? I hate to be the one to tell you this, but we're going to have to plant some trees because unfortunately, our parents, for the most part, just didn't. They were living in the shade of the trees planted by their parents, but unfortunately, for most of us, they didn't plant them for us. They were too busy getting super excited about Little Debbie Cakes and the Piggly Wiggly. No fault there. I don't blame them one bit. But now it's up to us. Now we can bring it back. We can teach our kids how to grow their own food. We can bring a garden to our backyard. We can get a flock of chickens. We can begin to understand where our food comes from, and we can teach that to our children. We can find a farmer that we trust. We can visit local farmer's markets. We can go to a butcher that we know and that we trust, and we can turn to them for our needs and only the needs of what we can't grow ourselves. I think back to that story that I told you at the beginning. Young mom Christina just wanted to provide for her kids and she tried to plant a vegetable garden, but it didn't grow enough for her to be able to adequately provide food for her family. 
again, we can be the generation that turns this around. When we learn how to garden, when we learn how our soil works, when we understand the foundation of everything in our garden is our soil, not the chemical fertilizer that the big garden industry wants to sell you. You know you've heard of Big Pharma. Well, now you might want to turn your attention to Big Ag. That's another big that somehow gets brought up sometimes. Nobody wants you to know that building your soil is very simple. It doesn't take a lot of back-breaking work. There's no tilling involved, and there are no chemicals needed. I know this sounds absolutely outlandish, but if you continue to do those methods and use those methods inside of your garden, your garden is actually going to get worse season after season. Again, making you believe that you just can't do this and instead you're going to have to resort to those systematic ways of feeding your family. I can tell you there is a better way. And I believe that we are the generation that's going to bring this back. We are the mamas that want better for our kids. And we are the mamas that are going to put in the effort to teach our kids how to do this for themselves. We are going to plant these trees so that the next generation can enjoy the shade. Because while you may be thinking that you don't live in a food desert, you own a vehicle, you are not really worried about food scarcity or food insecurity at this moment right now. That could change in an instant. And there's no way for us to be certain that it won't be a concern and a cause of worry for our kids after we're gone. Now's the time. America's real food crisis is that we don't know how to grow our own food. Let's change that. Make a conscious decision to just plant something, to just learn something. I have a class next week, completely free. It's called Salad School. If you want to start a garden and you have absolutely no idea where to begin and you have no clue about soil and dirt and chemical fertilizers and pesticides and you have no idea what even any of that means and you really just want to get started join us in salad school it's a two-day workshop i'm going to teach you everything about growing lettuces and then i'm going to show you how to plant them in a container that you can put on a porch on a patio, or in your yard. You don't even need a garden to grow lettuce. And you are going to grow more lettuce than you could ever imagine. Plus, I'm going to throw in all of those favorite salad ingredients right there inside that pot, right there with that lettuce. This is a class you don't want to miss, and it is a great place to start. If you don't know where to begin this season, start with salad school. I can tell you, it's something that is going to blow your mind how easy it is and how productive just a pack of lettuce seeds can actually be. You will be blown away. You can register for Salad School at releaseyourinnerwildchild.com. We would love to have you. And I think that you would really be inspired if you've never considered gardening before or if you've always been intimidated or feel like you have a black thumb 
this is the class for you. We're going to turn all that around September 27th and 28th, noon each day, and all of this will be recorded for you if you can't make it live. Join us in salad school. Get all the details at releaseyourinnerwildchild.com. I hope you're inspired. I hope your mind is blown right now. I hope that it's going in a million different directions and you're thinking to yourself, maybe we do need to plant the trees. Maybe we're not enjoying the shade. Maybe this is something that we can course correct and actually get right for our kids. If this is how you feel, you are in good company. I'm shouting from the rooftops, me too. I hope that you sit with this for a little bit. I hope that you really think on this. Think about food scarcity. Think about what that means to this younger generation and how that's really something that we can fix for ourselves and we can fix for our children. Let's not let another generation go by of no shade. Let's plant these trees for our kids and let's teach them how to grow their own food. I'll see you next week. Thanks for joining. Thank you so much for joining me here today on the Wild Child Kitchen Gardening Podcast. I hope today's episode has inspired you to get outdoors and release your inner wild child. I know that when you do, you will heal your soul. Until next time, keep growing and find out more about Wild Child Kitchen Gardens at www.releaseyourinnerwildchild.com. Thank you so much again for joining me and I will see you right back here next time.